Good day! My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. It's time for you to earn more money by exploiting the fish in the game. Now, this is the third of three episodes in a row all about targeting the fish. And if you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 469, you can check out all three episodes right there on the same page. In last week's episode, I taught you what you should not do based on the losing plays that fish make. There were five big mistakes right there. This week, we're going to cover each of the five mistakes again, but I'm going to give you ways to exploit those mistakes for maximum profits. Let's roll. Gambate! Here's to the Army and Navy and the battles they have won. Here's to America's colors, the colors that never run. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Ah. So the first big mistake that fish make They limp too frequently. Now, they love seeing cheap flops because they love making big hands. They're thinking when they look down and they see the Jack-10, Ace-5, Pocket-3s, Jack-8, King-9. This is what goes through their head. I might be able to hit something great on the flop, so I'm going to limp and hit something killer for just one big blind. Now, you're going to exploit this in three ways. The first exploit is to make isolation raises with hands that are ahead of their limp calling range. Now, this means that you have to think about the fish and their range of hands and visualize their limp calling hands. If they can limp and then call with hands like Jack-10 suited and Jack-9 suited, then you don't necessarily want to iso raise with Jack-4 suited. Instead, choose stronger hands that are ahead of their limping and calling range, like ace-jack suited, king-jack, queen-jack, those kinds of hands. In the long run, fish, they cannot make up for that mathematical disadvantage that their uh, weaker calling hands have against your stronger raising ranges. Now, the second way you're going to exploit these fishy limpers is you want to expect a call when you iso-raise them. Now, think about the situation. The fish limped in. Why did he limp in? It's because he wants to see a flop, so it's more likely that he's going to call your ISO raise. Plus, fish just hate folding once they've put money in. That's why uh, they often limp in the call, but that's also why they don't like to fold the blinds. They defend the blinds too much, and that's coming up in a future mistake. Now, because they hate folding once they put money in, that means you must have a post-flop plan before you ISO raise, because there's a very good chance you're going to see the flop. So you want to think about their post-flop weaknesses and how you can exploit those. You want to think about your relative position, in position or out of position, and how you can utilize that to maybe steal the hand later on. And also think about their stack size after they call and what that pot size is going to be as well. Now the third exploit to use against fishy limpers, you want to go larger with your iso-raise sizing. When you're isolating a limper, the goal really is to get them to yourself. So that old standard of three big blinds plus one per limper, that just doesn't do the trick nowadays. Limpers are so used to it, they're going to call so darn quickly, all the other fish at the table are going to call quickly, and you are not effectively isolating the fish with such a small size. So I recommend five to six big blinds plus one per limper. Maybe even go bigger to get more value out of your best hands. And also, going this size, it just makes it most likely everyone else is going to fold, but that limper will stay in. You're going to get him all to yourself. And if you make it six big blinds and uh, another fish, probably, on the button or out of the small blind, just cold call six big blinds? Yeah, that's another fish you've got on the hook as well. All right, I alluded to this before. Mistake number two. 
is that fish defend their blinds too frequently. And that's great for you. Now, of course, your steals aren't going to work as often, but the fish are defending with very weak hands. And when they're in the blinds, you're maybe in the cutoff, uh, the hijack potentially, or the button as well. When you're trying to isolate those fish, you have post-flop position to use against them. Now, you can kind of treat isolating a fish kind of like isolating the limpers. That fish has some money in, they're going to be calling, you're going to expect to see a flop most of the time. So all those same things apply, but I want to make something uh, a little bit more clear. You generally, if your goal is to isolate that fish out of the big blind, let's say you're on the hijack, you got the cut off the button, the small blind to get through. You probably want to make it a little bit bigger, three and a half, four big blinds or so, maybe even four and a half big blinds, especially if that big blind fish can call that. You want to make it bigger to isolate the big blind fish, but then also to avoid three bets from any aggressive players still to act. So if you think about that big blind player, maybe he's going to call four big blinds with ace nine offsuit, jack eight suited, seven five suited, pocket deuces, eight seven offsuit, all that kind of stuff. It's great when you hold a decently strong hand against his calling range because he's defending out of the blinds. You're in position. You just put yourself in a bread and butter spot against one of the weakest players at the table. All right, mistake number three that fish make, it's that they play too many multi-way pots. And just in general, they don't mind multi-way pots. In fact, they're happy being the fifth caller just to see the flop because they love making those big hands. So before you open raise or even iso raise pre-flop, Consider how likely it is that any remaining fish are going to call your open raise. And if there's a lot of fish remaining who might call, just realize that before you open, you're going to get three callers potentially. Now you're going to be in a multi-way pot, which might make post-flop play a little bit more difficult. So you got to have that plan in place. But how do we exploit these multi-way pots and these fish who love going multi-way? Well, First off, if you believe that your raise can lead to a multi-way action, you can narrow your raising range and maybe use that larger sizing like we talked about before to discourage too many callers. Now, if you have the best hand, sure, a lot of callers isn't a bad thing, but then that just gives you more minds to dodge post-flop. So limiting the callers actually does benefit the smart-thinking, aggressive player such as yourself. But here's another great way to exploit all these fishy players who love multi-way pots. You can also just overcall with a lot of fish yet to act because you know they're not going to three bet you off your hand. You've probably heard me say before that three bets are the bane of two bets. You just hate facing that three bet with a good portion of your two betting range, but you also hate it after you call a two bet. But of course, those fish generally passive. They don't do a ton of three betting, so it's not a big concern. If they do three bet, they probably have a top, top hand. It's a pretty easy fold with a lot of your calling hands right there. But of course, when you're over calling with a lot of other potential callers still to act, just be ready for that multi-way pot on the flop. All right, mistake number four that the fish always make, they can't fold draws. So this means your exploit here is that you have to keep bluffing to a minimum, especially on those wet boards, because they're just not folding. and. If they ain't folding, you ain't bluffing. However, they're not folding, so why don't you go bigger with your value bets? Make sure you're charging their draws. Imagine you hold top set pocket jacks on the jack 10-3 with two hearts board. You know they're going to call with any flush draw, any straight draw. They have plenty of top pair hands. 
Jack Queen, Jack 10, or Jack 10 is two pair, but they also have Jack 9, Ace Jack in their range. Tons of top pair stuff that can give you value. The 10 on the board, they have Ace 10, King 10, Queen 10. They can't fold a second player plus backdoor draws. So there's so much stuff that's giving you value. If you bet small on a board like that with top set versus a fish, you're missing a ton of value. So make sure you get value while the getting's good. On that flop, they got tons of draws in their range. You should be going two-thirds, three-quarter, full pot. Just go as much as you think can maximize the value that you get from your best hands against those calling stations. But of course, because the board is wet and they are not folding, remember that just like they don't want to fold pre-flop after putting some money in, now they hit a crazy draw. They have a potential to make one of those big hands, the flushes the straights, backdoor straight, backdoor flush. They have so much potential. They're not folding. That means that you need to be aware that they could have a draw. And be careful when the third flush card or the fourth straight card hits the board. Now, being careful doesn't mean just to check and give up or just check behind every single street from that point forward, right? It is okay to pot control and just check when there's a great chance that that turn or the river card just improved their hand. But if they continue showing weakness, Maybe you can bet another street for value because maybe they didn't have the draw. Maybe they just had the ace jack on that jack 10 board. So you want to be careful on those wet boards when the draw completes because you don't want to be spewing chips at your opponents, especially when it's a good chance they had the draw and just now hit. And beware, of course, if the fish suddenly wakes up with aggression in a spot where they would usually be passive. Let's say they had the flush draw on the flop. If they didn't, hit the flush or complete the flush on the turn, what would they do? Probably just check or check call. If they come out firing pot and a half, yeah, beware right there. It sucks, but sometimes you have to be the one to find the fold and not give value to them. So mistake number five, fish cannot fold pairs. So fish, they tend to just play their whole cards and the board. So when they hold like a second pair hand with a draw on the turn and you barrel for three quarter pot, They don't really consider your range. They don't think that you, oh, you have top set right now. You have two pair, which crushes my one pair, which just crushes my flush draw right now. All that goes through their minds is, I have a second pair and a draw. He might be bluffing. I can't fold, I call. If you're playing online, fish don't often use a HUD like the Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, and they definitely, whether it's online or live, they don't care about your range. They don't care about future board cards, nor the fact that calling gives you position on another street. They only see the beautiful potential of their hand. So this gives you a great exploit. Get maximum value from those non-believing, non-thinking fish by betting big with a hand ahead of their calling range. As long as you can name a ton of hands in their range that are worse than your betting hand and that they can call with, you gotta bet for value on every street. We talked about ranges before, right? You want to think about their pre-flop range of hands and gauge how well that range interacts with the board. And fish often have this, plenty of weaker hands and plenty of draws in their range that can continue calling you. It's a mistake to slow play your best hands by just checking, letting them catch their uh, two pair on the turn, their flush on the turn, their straight on the river for free. You've got to get value while the getting's good. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Write down each of the exploits that I gave you today on a sticky note and attach it to your monitor. That way, you can refer to it during your warm-ups and as you play your sessions. 
Tag the fish on the tables like we've discussed before, and work to exploit them in every way possible, especially with the five exploits I've given you here. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Thank you so much for listening today. Once again, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 469 to help you take notes with everything you learned today. And while you're there, on the sidebar on the right, there's a free online poker training called How to Win Online Poker Workshop. You're going to learn the three secrets to making money in the microstakes online poker. Go there, check it out. Once again, show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 469. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.